Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lead Lap Radio. As we get set for another couple of hours of motorsports conversation, my name is Tom Baker. I am here. My voice is a little ways behind me. That's what I was about to say. What'd you lose your voice from this weekend, Tom? Well, I called 25 classes of indoor car racing at the King of Kings Shootout Challenge over in Martin, Tennessee at UT Martin. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a combination of that and just some sort of sinus thing that's going on back cart racing again you just love it too much don't you yeah you know you you gotta do it we had a nice uh the live stream was cool we were on speed sport tv and also uh dirt to media tv and it's a missions race that's why it's called the king of kings um all of the profits from the event go toward missions work around the world so i think this is my fourth year of uh of calling that race so uh yeah so we got what we got here folks and uh i'm probably going to squeak like a frightened field mouse at times but we're gonna have some fun here and we're glad to have you aboard whether you're listening to us on the performance motorsports network or on uh wsic tv 25.2 we of course are live from the wsic studios in statesville north carolina and as you can see we once again have a full house here we like full houses uh of course james mellick is with me he is the gentleman behind the board uh seated to my right is austin terrio who i've known for a long time austin is uh, a nascar driver who is just as comfortable behind the wheel of a cup series car as he is behind the wheel of a super late model um and austin is also part of the uh <clears throat> excuse me the performance marketing group uh which um has uh, helped and uh, serves a number of young drivers coming up through the ranks. We're going to talk to him about that as well. Uh, and one of the drivers from PMG is also here with us. Howie DiCivino is a young man who is uh, running in the Arca series and also has uh, a couple of truck starts this year, at least one that we know of, right? You've only announced one, but we're suspecting, or did I miss further announcements? Have you announced multiple starts in the truck? We haven't announced multiple starts yet, but okay. uh, we can always tell you. Is there going to be multiple starts in the truck? Yes, there will be multiple starts. See, I love it when these drivers break news on our show. So this, if you're listening to this show or you're watching it, you just got a breaking news story. So multiple news, uh, multiple starts in the truck for Howie for Wintron Racing, uh, correct? Yes, for Wintron Racing. Yeah, so Howie is with us as well, and Howie and his PR uh, director drove all the way down from Richmond, Virginia to be on the air tonight. And I got to tell you, that is some serious commitment right there. Uh, serious to, dedication. Yeah. Howie, uh, Howie was excited to be on the show and we were excited that we were going to have him. So, uh, we're going to talk with uh, both gentlemen. Well, how about this here, Tom? Let me throw something out there. He's driving for Wintron. Howie right. is. And when I first got started racing, I changed tires over at Wintron on an ARCA car, back when they had the 32 ARCA car, which they still have. I uh, changed on it, and I also already told Austin I've changed tires on his truck back when he was running at uh, Brad's shop a couple races as well. So I've changed tires at his company and already for Austin. I, We're all so, connected over here. We're all I, connected. I, see, I, it's a small world. Isn't that the song we all learned in, like, kindergarten? It's a small world after all. For sure. Yeah, six degrees of separation or less. And... Uh, <laughs> 
So we're going to have some fun here tonight again. Just uh, please uh, be patient with my voice. I have no idea uh, if it's going to hang in there for two hours, but we're going to give it a shot. First of all, Howie, um, for those in our audience uh, who aren't familiar with you, talk a little bit about how you got interested in racing, first of all, and then walk us through a little bit of your upbringing in the sport. When did you start? What have you raced, etc.? So I was born on a farm, and so I've just been driving like four-wheelers and all sorts of stuff ever since I was little. And then one day I just wanted to go to the Richmond race, and I was like eight years old. So I went, and I saw these small little race cars called arena cars. And oh, yes. Yeah, yes. they're half-scale. They're like bandoleros. Absolutely. They're like, yeah, bandoleros or uh, uh, mini cup. Mini cup. Yeah, mini, mini cup. cup car, basically, yeah. Yeah, and uh, next thing you know, I was like, Dad, I, I really want to race one of those. And it took me four years of like begging, and then I finally got into one when I was 13 years old. And I ran that series for about uh, two seasons, and then I jumped into late models for three seasons, and then we moved straight to ARCA. Okay. And so you didn't have a whole lot of um, experience in the little cars before you kind of made the jump to the full-size cars then? No, not at all. We, we just jumped straight from uh, arena cars straight to late models. Wow. Okay. I, I would say I met Howie, I think, at the Myrtle Beach. Uh, was it the Myrtle Beach? Four, uh, yeah, Myrtle Beach 400. Four, yeah, Myrtle Beach 400. Last year, no, two years ago, right? No, it was actually, you know, yeah, it was two years uh, ago. Yeah, it was two years ago, and, and just and wa- walking around the pit area. So, obviously, Howie's, Howie does have some starts in the late model and, and whatnot, but just kind of a random random conversation, went up to them, asked them uh, how they were doing, and I think you ended up having kind of a difficult day. There was, there's a lot, I mean, that's a competitive race to try to qualify yeah, for. Yeah, it is. Um, and myself, not, not coming from the late model stock world, um, I was interested in you know hearing your story, and we that's how the relationship started. So I'll let you I'll let you take it from here, but just a little bit of context on how important the late model stock uh, you know meeting the starts yeah s- starts were in in um, at least how we being on our radar. Well, I want to go back even further than that for a minute because I was fascinated with his first sentence. I was born on a farm because I'm a huge proponent of farming, and I drink. Uh, probably enough milk to keep <laughs> half the dairy farms in this country uh, <laughs> substantive. But uh, talk about the farm. What what kind of farm? What what was life like on the farm for you coming up? And what made you, this young man who was born on the farm, want to go to a NASCAR race? So I, I live on a 90-acre farm, and uh, it used to I be— I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it too. Wow. No one's around you, so it's amazing. I going to say. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, I, we, we used to have animals, and then uh, we, we mainly just grow food, like um, like corn and all that stuff. Okay. And then uh, we just started making, you know, and, and eating our own food, and we just really enjoyed it. And then we used to kill chickens and, you know, do all, all that stuff. For, we were just really off-grid, and we, we run off solar power. Wow. Yeah, and then we have a, like, we have a pond down, and we go fishing. We go, nice. We, we go on, on the trails. We can ride side by side on the trails so uh it, it's just really really fun and i think that that's what got me into racing was because you know i had the trails that i could go you know fast on you know flip and do all sorts of stuff so i think that that's what really got me interested in, in the racing world and how did you first find like how do you remember how you first kind of discovered nascar uh fast cars and loud that that's all that's all that i really remember and then uh i, I remember i've watched one on, on tv i was okay. like that i want to go to one okay i want to go to one so once you went, you were pretty much, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it went. I just, uh, as soon as 
I saw the the small little cars. I was like, oh, I, I want I want to race one of those. I never really thought I was gonna be in NASCAR. And then um and then as, as soon as we moved up to, up to late miles, I was like, yeah, I want to be in NASCAR. And then uh, now we finally made it. That's a that's a great story. Um, I mean, Austin, you you obviously came from a whole different situation, you know, being from New England, and um, and you've come down here and you've been here a good while, and you've been basically to the top, you know, in terms of racing in all three um, national series for NASCAR, um, and now you're working with PMG. Uh, in your work with PMG, obviously part of it is to identify talents like Howie. What did you see in him that told you that this one has a chance? Because I, obviously you and I are doing the same kind of work. Um, what did you see in him? I saw the fact that he, he was taking it really seriously. Um, a lot of times when I'm going to the racetrack and I'm not racing, I take it all in. So you're looking at, um, you're looking at who's competitive, who, who's focused? I mean, yep. we probably have stories of people, of, of drivers that, that are extremely talented, but you can just tell they're not really focused and yep. they got a lot in their mind. Uh, but I could tell, you know, how he was really digesting um, how his day was going. I think they had just finished qualifying. Um, he, his, uh, his father was there. Um, he had a solid crew behind him. So I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, I guess you could call it fate in a way because just – uh, how many cars were there? 50, 60 cars? There's probably 65 cars. You're walking down pit road, and um, I just had a thought, you know, why don't you stop and, and talk to them about um, how their day's going? And it started, literally literally started from there, and, and we, we kept an eye on Howie and whatnot and uh, had some conversations. At that point, too, I was becoming more involved with PMG uh, in addition to my career as well. So, um, it, it's been an awesome learning experience for everybody involved, including myself, because I've seen a lot of things over the years. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit, but a lot of things um, from a driver's standpoint that um, you just learn small lessons yeah. and, and you take it with you. A lot of times, um, you know, you can either keep that to yourself or you can start sharing that with other people. And there's so many people that want to be successful, want a chance at NASCAR. Not Unfortunately, not everybody's going to have a chance to, to, yep. to get there. But, you know, what, what we try to do is we try to share that wealth a little bit. Well, um, I like what I see from PMG. And you've just here in the last year or two, you've had some great success with drivers like Ryan Repko, who we actually on two of our shows in the last couple of weeks, um, just by coincidence, both Randy and I were trying to schedule him at the same time. Um, and then Colby Howard, who I've worked with and known for uh, several years. I know Colby's going to get there. Um, and, uh, and it's great to see uh, Howie included in that group. And I, we've got about 40 seconds, but I'm curious, Howie, real quick. What, what have you found the experience to be working with PMG and meeting some of the other drivers like Colby and Ryan and some of the other guys? They have a lot of knowledge, and they can really show you what it is like to be up top and i moved straight from late miles to arca and that's how it's been and now i'm in nascar so it's really fast paced but it's awesome to be able to work with them i'm sure okay so we're actually going to step aside i'm going to get us out of here a little bit early in this segment because i'm sure we'll run, run along somewhere else later uh we're going to come back on we lap radio talk more with Austin and Howie, and of course, we've got news to, f to uh, fill in with a little bit later on as well. The Newswire has been kind of busy over the last uh, week or so, so we'll get to some of that. You are 
listening to Relap Radio on the Performance Motorsports Network, or you may be watching us on WSIC TV 25 in Charlotte. Either way, stay where you are. We'll be right back. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute, in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Lee Lap as we continue with uh, some conversation about motorsports for the next, uh, well, hour and 45 or so on a Monday night as we record this live. If you miss one of our live broadcasts, if you will just remember Race Chaser Radio, you can go to just about any of the top podcast platforms about 24 hours after the show concludes and it will be up there for you on demand forever and ever. We are just about finished with a brand new Race Chaser Online website. And at that point, 
you will not only be able to go to the site to watch or to uh, listen to the show live, but you will also be able to get all of our shows, all all six, as it will be in March. All six of the uh, shows that we produce and host here will be on demand at uh, racechaseronline.com as well. So that's a couple of weeks or so away from being uh, finished up. But once it is, you will be able to go there and get all of our programming just from the website. Austin Terrio and Howie DiSavino have joined us. James Mellick, of course, is uh, also with us. And uh, we were talking with Howie about his background and how he grew up on a farm and uh, became interested in racing. You had, uh, what, the four, were you four-wheelers, or what were you riding and uh, going so fast on on the trails when you were younger? All sorts of stuff, like four-wheelers. We had, like, three four-wheelers. I had two dirt bikes. And that, that, yeah, those, so you those were hardcore. Very good for me. Yeah, hardcore. Like you got into a stock car and kind of went, oh, I got all this. I got a roof. I got all this padding around me. Hey, you actually I, have roll cages. I'm brave now. I got this, right? Yeah, for That's, sure. Yeah, and and it's not quite as easy as it looked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Probably, no, no, right? no, it wasn't. Yeah, um, and Austin, of course, uh, trying to put his plans for 2020 together as we speak. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, correct. Okay, correct. so we're hoping if you want to sponsor somebody, we got two. Take your choice. Both of them are A grade here, So, or better yet, sponsor both of them. And uh, and and help them both out because both drivers uh, deserve that opportunity. Howie, when as you were coming up through the ranks, the uh, got into the late models, you were you were talking off air about how when we we had talked in the last segment about how Austin had met you at Myrtle Beach. Tell the story that you told me off air about the, the timing of that chance meeting. The timing was very weird. Uh, when I, I was after qualifying, I drove in like five car lengths too deep, and everyone on my Oops. crew, yeah, and I just trashed the car. That was not really uh, a fun experience. But uh, we, we qualified like 55th out of like 60. Whew. And wow. we, But we picked up like three tenths after that, that first lap. And so we had to obviously race to make the, the, the race, and unfortunately we didn't make the race. But um, Austin walked up, and he knew that I was mad, and he just sat on the, on the wall, and it, all my crew was just coming over and comforting me. And then he was like, it's, it's okay. And so me and my dad, like, we, like, looked up, and we just saw Austin, and, and we're like, who's this dude? Like, uh, uh, like why, why is he talking to me? And uh, come, Oh, just a seven-time Arca winner. Yeah, and, and then when he finally said his name, I, I, I was, like, thinking, I was like, oh, wow. I judged that one too quick. But then, uh, I mean, after that, I mean, we, we just became friends, and uh, – and now we're working together. So, well, there's a lesson in that, and you know, I'm sure Austin learned this a while ago, and and you had a chance to learn it. And you know, I, as a media person, you know, we go to the races, and now you have the same situation. You sometimes, oftentimes, go to races you're not racing, and you're going there for your job for PMG, and you're looking at who's there, and you're trying to identify potential you know, talent to recruit or, or whatever. Um, and I can, I can tell a story. I came down when I was still living up in New York where I was born. I came down here in, uh, 2001 and 
um, a friend of mine was overseeing a big group of legends and bandolero legends, and they were there were Thunder Roadsters still back then. And long story short, I went to Concord, had never been there before, and watching the stuff on the quarter mile, and one of the bandolero classes came out, and this particular driver was just. He was leading and running like the wind, and all of a sudden, the second-place car caught up to him and just literally dumped him. I mean, it was dirty. It was really bad. Um, and so I'm sitting next to my buddy in the stands, Dan, and Dan said, you know who the, the, the leader was, don't you? you know, that is, don't you? I said, no. He said, do you ever watch professional wrestling? And I said, uh, yeah, all time. He said, do you know who Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is? I said, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters. And he said, that's his son, Richie. And I, I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, does Ricky come to the track? And he said, yeah, usually. I said, well, where are they pitted? And he turns around and looks. He goes, right over there. So I said, I'll be right back. So I'm thinking I'm going to go get an autograph. I'm going to go meet Ricky Steamboat, get an autograph, because, you know, that that's going to be a pretty cool story. Um, at the time, I had a radio show. I had uh, I was writing for the local newspaper and also for a regional magazine called Trackside. And so I'm thinking, well, this will be fun to talk about on the radio. So I get over there. Nobody's around outside, and the car's already in the trailer, and you have the strips on the back of the trailer that come down. So I parted the strips and looked in. There was the car, but nobody around. So I said, well, darn. So I turned around, was walking away, and I hear this voice from behind. And can I help you, sir? So I turned around, and there was Richie. So, you know, I, I turned around, walked up again, and I said, are you Richie Steamboat? He said, yes. Um, I said, well, I'm here. I walked over to see if I could meet your dad. And he said, well, he's at, in Boston at an autograph signing tonight. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, you know, <laughs> thinking about so I said, well, I said, that's too bad. I said, I would like to have met him. I said, but before I walk away, I want to tell you, I thought what happened to you was a shame because you were running a heck of a race. Now, he's 13 years old at the time. And he, 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 here was his response. He hasn't known me five minutes and has no idea what I do. And his response was this. That kid does that to me every week. I'm going to go and tell the officials either he goes or I go. Just like that. He was incensed. So I kind of smiled at him. I said, well, I said, you could do that if you want to. I said, but let me ask you a question. If you walk up to a grown adult official and you're 13 and you say what you just said to the official, how do you think he's going to respond to that? And he thought about it a second. He said, okay, I'll stop. And so I said, that's probably a good choice. Now, the second place car was Stephen Wallace. So I knew in the back of my mind that that wasn't right. That wasn't. And, and again, nothing against Stephen. But, um, you know, I, I bring that name up because at that point in time, I'm going, well, you know, that's not going to end well for Richie. So anyways, um, so I said, well, listen, I said, I want to go watch this next race because I have a friend of mine whose car is in it. But I said, are you going to be around for the next few minutes? He said, sure. I said, okay. I said, well, um, I'd like to come back 
I said, what you didn't know when you met me was that I, I'm a, a member of the media and I have a show and some things up in New York. And I'd like to do an interview with you. And he's like, really? I said, yeah. He said, cool. So <clears throat> went and watched the next race and came back. Long story short, I did the interview and um, I started to walk away. And I hear this voice again from behind me, a different one this time, it was a female voice, and says, Mr. Baker. And I turned around and I knew who it was because there had just been a whole sort of storyline and wrestling about Ricky had gotten hit over the head with a bell. And, you know, and so Bonnie Steamboat, his wife, was part of the the story on camera. So I knew who she was. And she shakes my hand and says, I'm Richie's mother. And she says, um, I just want to say thank you for spending the time with him. She said, we've been trying to tell him about his temper for the last four or five weeks. And he won't, he did, he wouldn't listen. And so she said, I appreciate that you took a few minutes to, to talk to him. And so the reason I went through that story is not to, you know, not for myself, but for the fact that Austin walked up to you at a moment when you weren't thinking about who was around you, you were just thinking about being upset and racing's an emotional sport. Very emotional. But you know, as you well know, now you got to be careful because you never know who's walking around who might have an interest in you for some reason, or as I told Richie back then, who might have a checkbook in his back pocket. And, you know, you, when, you, when that's the first impression, that's not always the impression you want them to have. And so, you know, the, those are lessons that you learn along the way. And obviously, Austin understood the situation because he was a driver, you know, but the CEO of the checkbook might have just kept walking, you know, depending on how he reacted to that. And I'm sure you've had your moments, too, over the years, right? Yeah, for sure. Every driver does. Every driver does. Uh, yeah. Some more than some more than others, but yeah. it's part of uh, a part of growing up as a driver, try, trying to manage your uh, your emotions. Yeah. And uh, so thus began all that between the two of them. And now uh, I'll come back to you for a second. We've got about um, 50 seconds left in 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 a short amount of time. What is PMG doing for uh, for Howie? So the thing that um, we, we found, or at least I found, wasn't happening, um, a lot of times drivers come in from the outside looking in and yep. they say, like Howie mentioned it, you know, he, he, he has these big goals and um, that's great to have because you have to have the goal. Right. But trying to, trying to basically put a path in place to get there as quickly as possible and navigating through the different uh, different series and you know, what's, what's the, what we call it, the, the path of least resistance. There's resistance no I matter what. It. That's but exactly um, right. trying to just be efficient with time and money and because most people just don't have unlimited sponsorship and backing. So you really got to be smart. So yes, you do. there's a lot of other things, but the main thing is just career path consulting. We'll talk um, more about that as we continue here. You are tuned in to Lulap Radio and we're happy to have you. We will be back right around the turn. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels 
new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We Lap Radio continues on the Performance Motorsports Network and on WSIC TV 25.2 in Charlotte. Tom Baker, Austin Terrio is with us as well, and Howie D. Savino kind of over there in the corner. We call that the Seelman seat because that's where Jacob Seelman usually uh, parks on Thursday nights when we do the Motorsports Madness show, and I think Howie's already figuring yeah, out about to ask what him. Jacob goes through every Thursday. We turn him into a popsicle because yeah, there's, there's a van up there's there an AC with no right cover up. on it, so yeah, yeah you, you yeah. kind of... You, you uh, cold over there? Just a little bit. Okay, we'll bump it. I'll go bump it up a hair for you. When, I, when we first got in here, it was really warm. It was like 78, so I was like, we got to get it cooled down. Once you get all the bodies in here and the doors closed, it gets It, it warm, might be 78 so. over there, but it's definitely like 68 over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Howie, let's talk about what you got going for this season because you're obviously, I mean, really, this is, I, we spend a lot of time with younger drivers on the show, the developing drivers, because that's kind of our niche. Um, and I'm always amazed when one of you is at the point where, okay, we've been running ARCA a little bit, and now all of a sudden we're running trucks. Like, it's getting serious now. 
right? Uh, the stage gets bigger and all of that. Um, first of all, tell us what's going on with both the ARCA and the truck for this year. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, how you're preparing for all of that. So we're going to run two ARCA races. Is going to be at Phoenix and Pocono. Okay. And then after that, we're going to run four truck races. And it's going to be at Richmond, Iowa, Gateway, and Kentucky. Okay. And then that's my full season. So you're running two ARCA races and four uh, truck, truck races. races. Yes. And are you still doing anything in the late models, or is that basically you're just running the six starts? I'm just running the six starts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So not a great deal of racing, but, again, trying to kind of maximize. Um, talk a little bit about that, Austin, From because you, you're – Obviously, you're a driver. I'm not. Um, only running six times a year, and yet there's a reason and a strategy behind that, which I understand, but a lot of the fans probably wouldn't. Yeah, and that, that can be uh, very challenging from a driver's standpoint. I've been there, too, um, back in 2014, having limited starts in the Xfinity Series. Um, same thing, 2015, limited starts in the Truck Series. The thing that Howie and I sort of have in common is I like to say um, being thrown in the deep end. Yes. So when you're coming from the late model scene and step into a big car, an ARCA car, a truck, that's like jumping off in the deep end. I don't care how many starts you have in late models, there's going to be a transition. So, you know, what we found is sometimes it's better to make the transition now. And so in, in Howie's case, that happened last year. And certainly okay. I think Howie could a agree it's quite a transition from, oh, it's a huge transition. Yeah, nobody can prepare you for it. Nobody can teach you it. You know, you can go, you can do it on iRacing and stuff, but unless you're sitting in the vehicle, in a, in a 3,200-pound vehicle, there's really no comparison. So, what we're doing with Howie is basically putting him in a position where his um, his experience is constantly being tested, even though it's limited starts. Um, luckily, they've signed on some sponsors for the year, and I'll let Howie talk about that later. Yeah, but we'll get to that. We. Um, it, it, it's like finding that balance and that fine line, getting the sponsors in place. They said, okay, look, we can do six races. So then we had to go back to the drawing board and looking at these different tracks. Richmond's a short track. You got Pocono, that's, uh, you know, 2.6 uh, 2 miles. Yeah. You get a mile and a half in there. It's a triangle. You, you, get, you get a bunch of different tracks, uh, different configurations, so that Howie is constantly learning. He's constantly being challenged. You know, uh, people ask about expectations all the time. And I tell Howie, you got to be confident, but you know, you always want to realize too, you got to be realistic. So, when we go to these mile and a half for the first time, um, it's going to be about taking in taking in the track. You're, you're, you've never been to a mile and a half before, so just being comfortable, being confident, and then going for performance after. So, um, going to be a lot of firsts for him this year, but it's a decision that we made, um, and we feel like it's kind of the best of both worlds, taking into factor a bunch of different, uh, different factors like you discussed, you know, budget, sponsorship, um, his age, and, and et cetera. So. Not only that, but one thing that Austin's taught me is be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so that's, that's one big thing that Austin's really taught me is that you're not always going to be comfortable, but you got to overcome it. That's a smart to become teacher comfortable. right there. So my next <clears throat> question is on this. Um, you just talked about you put all those factors into it about, you know, you want to learn, 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 learn. Is that the main factor or do you look at exposure more? Do you look at, hey, this is the televised race. We need to go there because he's going to get more exposure or is it just learning? Well, for, certainly from a sponsorship standpoint, that's a good question. You know, uh, Keys Vacation, you got uh, Bud's heating, and air, uh, heating, Air and Cooling. They want the TV exposure. Um, so you have to do what they want. And 
having sponsorships, it's like a relationship, right? Of course. It's like having yeah. a relationship. You have to be good for them. They'll be good for you. You guys work uh, and, and basically set up a schedule that, it, it that works, works for ways. everybody. Yep. But to kind of answer your question, um, what I found is you have to be strategic. Um, I think we've seen over the years, you've seen some drivers come in and they're sort of not that they're in the background, but they're logging those laps. They're, get, they're getting the experience. And all of a sudden, you see them winning um, when they have a better, a better situation better or a better car, opportunity. Better, opportunity, better, opportunity, better, car, sure. comes, better yep. car comes comes open or something like that. There's an argument to be made that if they would have just jumped into the best car, would they have been prepared? So with Howie, you know, w- we feel like we're putting him in a, in a good position with, with, with decent equipment so he can go out there and learn. There's no telling what what he's going to do, you know, next year, or the year after, so that he can strike when the iron's hot. But not, you know, what I'm saying. But the point being is that there's only so many good cars out there. Not everybody can strike. They may have the talent and experience, but sometimes you have to wait for the right opportunity. Well, and I love your uh, philosophy because I don't like seeing drivers, even in the late models. If you're going to go drive for junior motorsports, you better win. You better run up front. You better win. If you're going to go drive for GMS, you're going to go drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports, DGR. Even in the late models, you better be winning because everybody knows those cars are winning cars. So <clears throat> if you come up straight out of Legends or wherever it is you came from and you're going to go and get in that equipment, you better be ready to win because if you don't, it is not the car. Whereas if you start in... It doesn't mean that you're starting in bad equipment or even worse equipment than juniors. It could be similar. It just doesn't have the label. It's kind of the under the radar. So you get to exceed expectations. Now, when you go to junior, you're ready to deliver the goods. And I think that's where you're going with this. And that's why I love that. For example, I know Ryan Repko's worked with you. I love that he runs ran with JD Motorsports. I love that Colby's got 20 races, I think, right, with, with, with JD. JD this year. Um, Colby Howard. And there's a situation. JD is a very, what I call, a great first team. You know, they're very reliable. You know what the equipment can do. Ross Chastain has shown us over time. And now... Okay, if we do well in that equipment and we learn what we need to learn, we can go to the Joe Gibbs Racing or whomever, and we're ready to go win. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it. That's what I was about to say. You stole that right from me. I was going to say the two names that come into mind when you think about the ones that got into a big ride too fast, had right. to take a step back, had to go back to the small seats, log laps, and are now on their way back up are Ross Chastain and Matt Benedetto. Yeah, because Benedetto was in the Gibbs car, then had to take a step back. Now working his way up, now back in a, a really good ride with the Wood Brothers and Chastain. He went over to BKR uh, in the trucks, had to take some steps back, and now back up top. Those two names come into mind. I, I feel like I've had my own story as far as that's concerned. You, I agree. Coming, coming, yeah. coming out of the Super Late Models, having some success there, all of a sudden finding myself in an ARCA car and winning, and, and then having an opportunity with Junior Motorsports you've got to be able to perform. Yep. You, you can come up with all the excuses in the book. Hey, it's only a few races. I didn't, you know, didn't figure it out. But that doesn't mean you can't take the step back. You've got to, be, right. you got to, you got to understand the circumstances, take the step back, and then you know, win, win eight ARCA races in a championship. 
you, you're always going to have an opportunity to prove that you can win. Uh, but the problem is you're not going to have three, four, five, six different opportunities. You have to right. be able to, to work work as it comes and, and adjust as as, uh, as the situation changes. Yeah, I, I feel like jumping right into the best ride available. Now, you know, a guy like William Byron, okay, William's stepped up to the plate. The stage got really big really quick for him, and he responded. Not everybody does, and it's not because they're not as good as William or whatever. It's just hard to, to do that, and I think it puts a lot of pressure on the results aspect when really what we should be concentrating on is performance and learning to perform the way that you need to so that you later on can, can get the results. And that's I see a lot of drivers who make that mistake, and then they're gone, and they never get another opportunity. And I feel like sometimes that's just because of, of the uh, sort of – focus that's put on being with a cool team oh, of course. being with being yeah. with being with it, a good name it's the name the and, brand. and you know this well because you give advice too. have sitting down with somebody and giving that advice that's not popular yeah that's that's what's needed in this sport i feel like i don't care whether you're a driver or yep. whether you're a crew member coming up yep. through if having somebody that you can sit down with that you can work with whether it's a mentor opportunity it doesn't even have to be a mentor yep. opportunity just a friend that you can trust you know that's going to give you sound advice yep. sometimes not what you want to hear but it puts it in perspective and i feel like you're going to get farther that way i agree two things i always tell any driver that i'm talking to one is i'm going to tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not that's the first <laughs> thing the second thing is that when the whole focus for you at the lower levels is knowledge you can get that in a lot of places. If you go too high, too fast, and you're not ready, then it takes it, it makes it much harder to get a second opportunity. I don't know that Daniel Hemrick wasn't ready for Cup last this past year, but here's what I do know. I believe that Daniel Hemrick stepping back and ending up at Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series is a great situation for him because i believe he can go win races with them and if he does that he'll get another shot in the cup series so it's exactly what you just said sometimes you gotta take a step back in order to go forward, forward yeah. now you know we'll talk with howie a little bit about what that kind of means for him and and uh what the plan is and all of that we'll get his perspective on it when we continue with we lap radio right after this Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. 
Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Jesse Love joining the ARCA series this year on the west side of things, running for Bill McAnally uh, out west. And I think uh, for some east starts, I'm pretty sure he is doubling up in Florida for Speed Weeks. He'll run the ARCA East race with Bill and the team and also run super late models uh, as well at uh, New Smyrna. So that should be fun for him. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio. Tom Baker, Austin Terrio. We got Howie DeSavino with us as well, talking about uh, ARCA trucks, developing drivers' strategies behind why you do what you do with drivers. Uh, and it's, I think this is great information to get out there because all the time I get people talking to me about, well, I'm racing this, but I want to race that and whatever. And we hear so much, or I hear so much about, um, you know, it's just money. It's all about money. It, it, it takes no talent anymore. It's just about money. If you don't have money, you're not going to make it. And my response to that is always, well, everything costs money. Um, and I understand that the days are gone when you're going to have a car owner just kind of walk up and say, come here and drive my car. I mean, it happens, but it's very rare because the sport is so expensive now. But Austin, you're, I mean, you know, you've kind of lived this and now you're, you're not only trying to keep your own career going but you're also helping other young drivers with theirs it is more than money obviously it takes money but not everybody with money is going to be a star yeah i I feel like you're you're onto something there and it's very it can be a difficult conversation to have with people because there are some people that are just so convinced that it's all about money my my (laughs) well my argument is you have to question where does that come where does that um idea come from is it 
Is it <laughs> is it all truth or is there some bitterness in there? Is there yeah. is there it didn't work out for me in there? Is it is it about me me me? Um, the only reason I say that is because I had somebody that I respect very highly who's won cup races. He told me one time. He said, he said Austin. He used me as an example, but he said, you're going to run out of time long before you run out of money. So basically what, he, what, what I think he was telling me is you only have so many opportunities. You only have so many shots. Um, you're, you know, everybody gets older. You don't get younger. Right. Um, the, money, the money aspect is kind of sometimes secondary to uh, the fact that you're just, you just don't have uh, unlimited chances. So, but, but it's not true. Uh, and I guess I'm putting this in the form of a question because, again, I kind of look from you know 10,000 feet up in the media, and and, and I work I do work with drivers, but you're a driver, okay? It is not true that the that if you're 23 and you're still at the late model level, it is not true that it's too late to 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 make it to NASCAR though. It's. I mean, we we understand that if you're 35, that's probably not going to happen. But it's not so much about just the calendar as it is the combination of the calendar, the resources, the um, the the track record, and the situation. Right. I mean, you're right. And and what I didn't get a chance to, I guess, finish was. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, you, you didn't. You didn't interrupt <laughs> interrupt me, but you you're making me clarify my point a little bit more. Okay. Good. Um. What he what he meant to say is, are you gonna get? Are you gonna give up before, you know? You can only try so. Uh, you can only try okay. so many times until you really it really starts to take a toll on you mentally. And so mentally, yeah. um, I don't care whether you're 20 or starting at 20 or 25. You're right. It's de- it, it's not like you used to be at 18. If you were an 18 in a cup car, your career's over. But the point being, it really takes a toll on you. Um, and then my other argument is, well, if it was if it was less expensive and easier, wouldn't there be more people trying to do it? And then right. it would be just as hard because right. there'd be more or people harder. trying trying yeah. trying to outqualify you into a cup race, into a truck race. You'd have yeah. more cars. Yeah, just like trying to win the lottery. Yeah, the more the, the more the number gets, the more the people buy, the harder it gets. Exactly. Right. So I think it's kind of self regulating. Now, are we to a point a place in in, in motorsports where we feel like? things are great and we could just sit back? No, I don't think so. I don't think we've ever been at that point, uh, have I, we? I, I mean, there's always something that can be better. Well, it's also proved your, your point. If you're 23 years old and you're still racing late models, you're probably going to give up because you you've wasted, like, you didn't waste time, but you've used so much energy and time into late models, then you're probably going to be like, oh, well, I'm probably never going to get but, a cup ride. But couldn't you be like a Bubba Pollard and just make home running super late models? Because that's what Bubba's done. Sure. You can, but of course, what we're talking about is the idea that at you want some to make it point the calendar says, okay, but I think it's more about the individual situation. If you go back and look, um, I mean, Casey Kane, Tony Stewart, Ryan Newman, there were a number of these guys that were 25 or above before they got to, um, you know, at least to the Cub Series. Um, and I don't think that a 25-year-old or a 27-year-old even is too old to go cup racing. I think experience still matters, but you have to approach things as you're coming up the ranks differently today than you used to. Obviously, if you go back to the 70s or 80s, drivers didn't worry about sponsors. That just wasn't a part of it. Well, guess what? The world's changed now. 
adapt or perish. And, you know, when I see somebody like Howie, and then I see somebody like you who is still trying to secure that permanent spot in the Cup Series, giving of your time, and I'm not saying you're doing it for free. I don't know if you are or aren't. It doesn't matter. Whether you're getting paid or not, you're offering advice to somebody who could take your job away from you at some point, okay? Um, that's what we need more of because ultimately the more people who can be prepared for the opportunity, because this is where I want to come back to Howie, you are kind of, you've been sort of a quick rise and now you're going to the trucks. Um, I'm sure you've had opportunities to watch and be at truck races, but now you were born on a farm. So, you know, I would imagine that when you first started even running ARCA, the attention that started to be heaped on you, um, not to mention the attention that you're going to get now that you're stepping up into the trucks. I mean, what has that been like for you to kind of adjust to all that and figure out who do I need to be to be successful at this level instead of this level? I think it's a big difference because like everyone at my school knew that I raced late models. So I, a lot of people I was going to eventually ask that too. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of people knew that I raced okay. late models. Um, and then when, when we finally got to ARCA, you know, I got a little more attention because now I'm on TV. And then when we put out the press release about me running the trucks, then we got even more attention. And then I have a lot of people commenting and say, oh, man, this is going to be awesome because I, I live in Richmond and my first race is going to be in Richmond. So a lot of people are going to come no out. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. That, home game. Yeah, it is a home game for me. But, uh, I mean, I, I have noticed a lot more attention uh, over the past few uh, weeks. How do you deal with that? I mean, how does that, for you, is that uncomfortable? Is it just, I mean, you seem pretty relaxed and mellow anyway. I don't really let it get to me. Um, I mean, I, I understand that, like, it, it's a lot of pressure, but I just feel like if you don't let it get to you, then, uh, then that's the key to it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure you found that too, because again, as you, you know, you got to drive for junior in the Xfinity series. You got to drive for Brad Kozlowski in the truck series. You want to talk about a bigger stage and more attention and more kind of people wanting things from you. How did, how did you find all of that to be? Well, I, I learned as I went, uh, you're right. It's just Sometimes it feels like all of a sudden you wake up and you have um, you have this connection with a, with a with a famous cup driver and you're driving for him. Uh, sometimes people don't see what happens behind the scenes. Exactly, what's required to to, to get in that position. It just you just didn't wake up and, and necessarily get the call. Um, there's a lot of hard work that happened behind the scenes to put that all all together. But I've I've found that in those. I, call, I sometimes call them difficult times, but but times where a lot's expected out of you. Yes, that's really when you grow the grow up the most, and you learn more about yourself. You learn uh, what you're good at and what you're not good at, and um, if you have good people around you, they'll they'll help you out and and tell you, hey, you need to work on this or, or you know stuff like that. So, um, and then racing for somebody like Schrader, you know, I feel like I feel like I've had the opportunity to work with uh, people on one end of the spectrum and people on the other end of the spectrum. Um, and seeing that's kind of, what's well, kind of cool, but uh, gave me just a whole different perspective on how to approach racing. You have a guy like Schrader that 
will jump in anything that has wheels and it's it, that has four wheels, maybe even less than four wheels and a steering wheel and go in and tell you go in. And, and he tells you why are you worried about the seat, you know, hitting your, your shoulder like that, just jump in and drive because he grew up in that era right. and other drivers that I've worked with that, uh, you know, they take, uh, they take that stuff very seriously and they have to make sure they're comfortable. They have to make sure that they can uh, really focus on the task at hand. So, that's taught me a lot about uh, how to approach racing and how he's going to see that as, as he works his way up through the, through the ladder, through the system of, of racing. you got a guy like Kevin Swinski with a lot of experience as a driver, now as a team owner. Um, he's got a lot on his plate you know between arca and trucks and right. stuff like that and then as he as how he moves up he'll he'll race for a different owners and different crew chiefs i i, I it's it's a complicated story and you, you might not miss it but i feel like we're driving for different race teams every race team has um a character on, yes. on the race team yep and and it's like there's one guy that works at team a and he's so much alike the guy that works at, at team b and and I've encountered that. It's kind of amazing to see uh, the sort of um, network and partnership that it takes to to make a team successful. You have these key people, and they're different. They don't know each other, but they just seem so alike. Yeah, and see, for me, I mean, I know, you know, I, I look at somebody like Howie, and it's like, okay, I want to know. I want to sit down with him. I want to know how would you describe yourself. You know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you, what scares you? You're, de- you're basically, and, and a lot of times the answers I get, wow, I've never been asked that before. I've never been asked that question. And you're 18. It's like, really? Well, uh, you know, this is how you learn about who you are. And then I want to teach that driver how to deal with different personalities because, what we end up learning is that we need to adjust our personality based on who it is that we're working with. And it's, it's a lot of what you just said. Every crew chief, every team owner, every team is different. So it's the, the character's different. So you learn how to work with people, you know, of different personalities with different priorities so that you can uh, fit in no matter where you go. We're going to talk more about all of this as we continue on Lead Lap Radio. We appreciate you being with us. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. Stay with us. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. 
Because it's not rocket science. It's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Tyler Ingram, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. The Crossing Guard, Tyler Ingram, bringing us back. Another guy who likes farms. Yes, yeah, lives on the farm right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, sure does. Tyler's an old soul, that boy. And uh, if, if you wonder about the crossing guard reference, just go to his Twitter at, uh, at, at Tyler Ankrum and, and, and uh, you'll see it. He, uh, that's how he unveiled the new paint scheme for the new truck that he's running this year for GMS. He was a crossing guard had the vest and the whistle and the whole get up on and was sitting in the chair in the shop and kind of was backing the truck up uh so you could see the logo it was pretty cool and you know i like seeing drivers that aren't afraid to basically be a little bit silly for the cause of building their brand you know um tyler would never do anything that was across the line but tyler is not afraid to kind of have fun and and a little bit of self-deprecation is always good. And, you know, that kind of personality is what social media requires now. So I, I just thought that was funny. And I told him the next time we have him on the show, he's got to wear the crossing guard outfit when he comes in. But uh, talking racing here on Lead Lap Radio and have really enjoyed our time so far with Howie DiSavino and Austin Terrio. And it's interesting for me as someone who works with younger drivers, but also does a lot of media work. We've got someone who's by no means old on the calendar, um, but has been in the NASCAR National Series. That's one perspective. And the other perspective is someone in Howie DiSavino, who is 18 and has run some ARCA races, but is making some truck starts and a couple more, a few more ARCA starts this year and kind of hasn't had that experience. And 
So it's been some good discussion to talk about the pros and the cons and, and all of the issues of money and, and strategy and all of that. Um, f- to look at it from the fans' perspective, I think one of the things that, that we fight is that um, I hear from a lot of fans that part of the reason why they're frustrated with the youth movement is because the younger drivers, if you move too quickly, you have no time to establish your brand at the local level so that the local fans can learn to appreciate you and then have that emotional connection to you as you get up to the national series. Um, Now, you were fairly young when you came down here, but I feel like you had sort of cemented a place or had run enough of the the late models and such up in New England that you were able to have that fan base when you came here. You had um, a, a pretty decent sized following. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, and, and most of the people were from New England just because okay. that's where I raced. I raced on the American Canadian Tour, yeah. past tour. Yep. So that takes past us North. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Canada. Um, so yeah, the, I raced there for three, two or three years, and it's actually great learning experience seeing all these different tracks kind of prepared me for having to adapt but going back to your question it's it's a legitimate concern that i think everybody yeah. shares the question is how can we get short track racing to a place where where you you brought it up where people feel like they can have a home there so that they're not constantly pushed up right um hey i gotta get to the next level more people like bubba pollard's the, the Bush North scene back in the day, there was, there was a lot of drivers, because that's where yes, I'm from. There's a lot of drivers that uh, they eventually made it to NASCAR, but they, they got quite a following, and people knew who they were. They were excited because uh, the, the fans r- were, were rooting for them because they won at Oxford Plain Speedway, or they, right. won, you know, they won at the local short track. Unfortunately, it seems like everybody's just so driven off of age and going back to your conversation yeah. i don't know how we fix that um but but i think if we can make short track racing so that's healthy and it stands up on its own you're going to have more veterans staying in the sport and if we can have more veterans staying in the support i uh, sorry in the sport then that'll that'll just make the short track scene healthier yeah um when i raced the american canadian tour you had a lot of veterans and they helped bring Still bring do. us guys up yeah um, you know, even in the past tour, I see some of that dwindling because the veterans are getting older. They're getting out of the sport, yeah. so it's like, well, who's gonna who's gonna change the guard there? Who's gonna be the next guard? Yeah. Um, and in order for that to happen, I feel like whether it's NASCAR or whoever whoever has to get involved, we've got to be putting some money back into the short track levels of racing. Well, I think that is a, a great point. I also think that when we started letting twelve and thirteen year olds run full-size late models we hurt ourselves too because uh you know it's it's not that they can't handle it because we see all the time these younger guys winning late model races and big ones too but i think again the local fans looking at that are saying well this kid is only here because daddy had enough money to put him here um which at that point in that kid's career, I would actually agree with. Um, I think when it, when you had to be 16 or 
15 or 60, whatever it used to be, had to have a driver's license. I think what happens, you spend more time building that brand at the lower levels in your quarter midgets, your legends, cars, et cetera. You get to late models at 16 or 17, and now you're a little older. You have a little more of your own personality, and I think the fans better identify. I look at a driver, for example, like Ryan Millington. I think that's a kid who easily could be racing trucks or, or whatever in NASCAR, and I worked with him for a bit. But ultimately, he, I think, enjoyed the short track level enough he wasn't willing to give up everything he had to give up to go big time racing. And now he's been at Hickory three, four years. He's won a couple championships. He's got a fan base. So if somebody ever gave him an opportunity in a year or two to go up, he would carry that fan base with him. And so I think, you know, as a younger driver, I look at somebody like Howie, how do how does Howie get that emotional connection that he needs in order to have the fan base. How do you as PMG, how, you know, he's got his PR guy here. You know, it, it, it really, it's so hard to build that brand when you're not staying in one place long enough to get any kind of reputation. Yeah. So what we find is, um, we find a lot of drivers building that personal brand. They're identified as a race car driver, but they find something interesting about themselves that's different. And they, and they, and they talk to the world through that lens. I mean, you look at, uh, it comes to mind, Noah Gregson, he, um, he's kind of found his niche and they're, they're, like it or, or, or not like it, he's getting noticed and he's getting out there. Yeah. That doesn't mean that everybody has to be Noah Gregson. You know, y- you look at Ankrum, you're, you're, good point. Probably not similar as far as personalities, I'd say, uh, but, they're, but they're finding their own way and it's, it's the same thing with Howie. Howie is a race car driver, but uh, for somebody like him, he's moving up so quickly so he's got to find a way to identify with his audience and, um, you know, tell his individual story, where he came from, what makes him different. And, and, and you're right, that can be a very, very big challenge. It is. And I think that's where you need that person that can help them to learn enough about themselves to be able to say, look, here's what's unique about you. You know, um, I mean, like I said earlier, how he had me at, I grew up on a farm. Okay. Well, to me, that's. That's interesting, and that makes him different than a lot of the drivers who, you know, obviously had very different situations growing up who are his age trying to make it. So what is it about you that's unique and different from everybody else? And I think, you know, the whole key to branding is learning how to tell your story, right? And having opportunities to tell that story. And now you've gotten to a point where you're going to be racing in the truck series. So um, what if if I'm a fan, what is it about Howie DeCivino that is unique and, and is why should I be a fan of yours? One reason why I think that you should be a fan of mine is I, I just have a way different story. A lot of kids start racing when they're very, very young. I started when I was 13 years old, and then I jumped into late miles when I was 14. You know, uh a lot of people started when they were like way younger. So, so they have that experience. I never had that experience. Uh, some kids are like 15 years old, have more racing experience than what I have. I only, sure. have, I only have six years. Well, this is my sixth year. So, uh, I, I feel like that that would attract fans as well, just because I don't have the experience, but I'm, I'm at where I'm at. And, and I'm very like, you know, humble to be able to be where I'm at. 
It's interesting because I think about Zach Veach in the IndyCar series. Zach started at 12, and he was racing in the Mazda Road by the time he was 16, and he had already. And this, I, I've, I've always kind of looked and went, wow, I, why aren't you promoting this more? He had written a book by the time he was 16. He had helped develop a text, texting and driving app. He had worked with uh, a couple of different um, bullying causes with some very big, like Justin Bieber and um, Oprah, I think, and a couple of others. Like he, what you know, I I've interviewed him several times on the shows, and Zach's always fun because Zach Zach has a very different story to tell about himself, and so I love the fact that you've had so little experience. Obviously, the talent has put you where you are, um, but at the same time. Um, I think the, the the unique thing f- for me with you is that, you know, you came from a very different upbringing in a lot of ways. And I don't think is uh, you're you come from a racing family, right? No, I'm first gen. No, no one in my family has ever raced. Uh, I'm the first person in my family to race. Well, what does your family think about all this? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I mean, my mom loves it. Uh, my sisters, you know, they're they're kind of into it, you know, not too much. My dad actually does not like racing at all. Really? He does not like it like racing at all. He thinks it's boring, but he only likes it because I like it, <laughs> and he likes watching me race. But but I, I will say just because just because I know them well now, yeah, they're they're very much behind Howie. Oh, I'm very, sure. Very supportive, and and I and I think that's so critical um, for anybody that's going to be successful. Is you know, I, I ask people, uh, is your family behind you? And if your family's behind you, that's half the battle. You're going to be successful. Yeah. Well, yes, I agree. And, and I think my question was more directed to what do they think about this quick rise that you've had more so than just you racing? Cause it's pretty amazing to see somebody start at such a young age and at such a, an advanced age for our sport, you know, 12, 13 years old. And by the time you're 18, you're racing trucks. That's not normally how this is done, right? You know that yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've got to believe that they're kind of looking at you going, wow, you must have something because, you know, you're already one, you're basically two steps away from a cup opportunity. Well, when I heard it, I, I had the same thought that, that they had. I was pretty shocked that uh, I'm getting this opportunity to be able to, to race a NASCAR. I'm sure it's amazing. Now, you say you're, a lot of your friends knew that you race late models. How much time do you get to spend with those friends now that you're doing all of this? How has your how has your life changed? Your schedule changed? Even though you're only running part time in these bigger series, I really don't hang out with anyone besides my girlfriend. That's the only person I really hang out with, him and my mom. That's it. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, it, go ahead. No, I was just going to comment. I think if you if you talk to racers in general. Um, there, there's different sacrifices that we all have Absolutely. to make, and, 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 and you would never want to compare. Yeah. You would never want to compare yourself to somebody that that's on the front lines fighting for our freedom right. or anything like Correct. that. But everybody has to make certain sacrifices, whether you're a driver, whether yep. you're. We were talking during the break about working on the crew and the demands of traveling and being away from your family and et cetera. Yep. So it's similar. It to, takes a toll. It, it it does. It takes a toll. I mean, you have to be committed. You have to put time in. Um, and and I, I think you knew this, but you probably need to be reminded. I started racing when I was thirteen. So Howie, Howie and I have we have a connection. Howie and I, yeah, we have a little bit of a connection as far as that's concerned. Um, very very quickly, when I put my mind to something, and I feel like he's a, he's the same way. It's usually it's usually full speed ahead. It's not halfway in, halfway out. And I think uh, if you're going to start late, 
look at, I mean, By- Byron, he put his mind to it, and yep. he's extremely successful. He was 11, I think, when yep. he first started yep. racing. So yeah. th- there's outliers everywhere. Um, and if you're going to be an outlier, you have to be prepared to put the work in. And you so have to get noticed. You have to, yeah, you, you have to get well, noticed. Well, see, that's, that's really where I was wanting to go with all of this, mm-hmm. is, is people see, I think, too much of the write-a-check, get-the-ride. They don't see, well, even if that's how they got the ride, there are other people with checks. You still have to do all the other work behind the scenes and if you're not a person who has that ability, you have to do twice as much work. And you got to want it bad enough to be able to put in the time because otherwise you're just not going to get there. And that's true of anything in life, not just driving a race car. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's money. Money's always going to play a, a role in the sport. Of course. But it's gonna be you, and I, you and I can look at a list, and we're not going to name names, no. but we can look at a list of people that have been successful come and gone but are no longer in the sport and they had a very very large checkbook and uh, and other people that had less money that are still here money can get you there a little faster it can't guarantee that you stay unless you just keep spending it uh and with that we'll step aside back with more with these two young gentlemen right after this you own a performance car and you know how to drive but you want to learn real performance driving well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. 
I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. He's a fun guest, that Casey Kane boy. We uh, we enjoy having him on the program. We've had him on a couple of times, and always have a good time with him. Uh, and uh, he's just one of those drivers that, again, uh, he can drive anything. And he had a great career, and still enjoys running. Uh, obviously, whatever he can, uh, we uh, always appreciate the time that a driver of that stature spends uh, chatting with us on the show. So with that, welcome back to Lee Lap Radio. Tom Baker with you on a Monday night coming to you from the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. Austin Terrio is with us tonight, as is Howie DeSavino. Uh, both have uh, in common that... Um, they are part of Performance Marketing Group's program, Austin, on kind of the, I guess, what would you say? Would you call it management or just call it kind of coaching and well, I'd, mentoring? I, I own half of it, so... Okay, so I was not aware little, of that. Yeah, it's a little bit more. I'm a little bit more involved than I uh, would say. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll call him co-owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and of course, uh, Howie is a driver in that program. How did you come to? Were you half owner from the beginning, or how did that? It it evolved over time. Okay, um, I've I've known Jr. for for many years. Met him when I first started racing. Okay, uh, late models probably for Brad when I when I moved down. We've stayed in, in touch, and it just so happened. I think after when I slowed down and when I got hurt, um, you know, life changed for me, and I and I got I got the ARCA opportunity with with Schrader. But that year after, even after winning the ARCA championship. Things were sort of gummed up a little bit for me. I was trying to find some different opportunities, and um, you know, sat down with Jr. and it, it, it's the it's it's the point you brought up of, well, sometimes you feel like you want to do something, and I and I love racing in a lot of different ways, and I feel yep. like we you know have a lot to give back. So I wanted to start now, um, and in between then and on the on the management and ownership side. I've been able to to secure some rides and stuff in the Cup Series. So I'm kind of taking a little bit of a parallel path. Um, feel like the ownership role does present a pretty large responsibility for me in my time, but it's an interesting opportunity because I'm still involved in the sport. Yep. So it gives me a perspective just like you. It'd, it'd be like if, if you were not here in North Carolina, um, you're able to give advice because you live it day to day. Well, if, sure. if you're in Texas giving advice on, on how things are here, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So yeah. Sure. Um, I feel like, you know, both of our situations give give us some perspective and the ability to help people. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. And I, I didn't realize that that was the situation. So I think that's a, a great way also for you. Uh, again, it expands your brand. And as you go out and look for, you know, sponsors or partners, as I like to call them, um, the fact that you're giving back on on the other side and, and that you have this going on just adds depth to you and I think, again, makes you stand out from the next driver who would walk up to that same company, right? Yeah, exactly. And, 
I feel like this has been talked about before, and, and, and certainly some drivers stand out more than others. You know, I've never won a cup race, um, so I don't really have anything to stand on right. there. But having been in the scene and, and, and whatnot, I've seen some drivers um, that have given back to the sport. I mean, every every driver, I feel like, gives back to the sport in some ways. Right. But um, in in general, what's going to make our sport healthier? We We keep looking to NASCAR like they're going to fix all of our problems. But the drivers have a really big role, I think, in in getting See, us I agree. getting us back to where we need to be. Um, you know, the next time I even have to ask myself, the next time I'm in Kansas and I have the choice to to do um, you know a spot at the Menards or something, yeah. am I going to say yes? Am I going to say no? You have to realize that that decision, in some in some long future, depending on how you look at it, it it's going to affect us. So so Absolutely. so a cup driver that has the opportunity to mentor um, a, another driver or start a team, whether it's a late model team, a bando team, a legends team, sure. or a truck team. Um, unfortunately, we, we've we've kind of seen the opposite happen. We've seen these these cup drivers s- start, but then it's just I don't blame them. It's just yeah. so darn challenging yeah. to keep these um, to keep the me- what do they call it to keep this uh, keep the operation <coughs> going. Me. And, and 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 we should really have more more of that, more opportunities, yeah, more drivers giving back. So um, it's got to happen, and I hope it happens. But um, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to happen. Was there any particular moment, like during your racing career, or, or uh, even your whole life for that matter, that made you decide that you wanted to just give back to racing? Is there any like just particular moment that just stands out to you? As, like I want to give back. Not not really, but um, I have this c- sort of weird analogy because. Um, I grew up on a farm, but we didn't we didn't have Wait, the farm. Wait, hang on. Well, we, did, we didn't also, have the farm. we're more common than what we you didn't, think. We didn't have the farm, but I grew up next to a potato field. And um, if you're from Aroostook County, uh, a very large county in Maine, it's uh, there's not a lot of people there, but there's farming, there's logging. And a couple things are, are really important in farming and logging is that when you go ahead and cut or you go ahead and, and take the harvest – You've got to you've got to put some nutrients back in the soil. If you keep doing it year after year and you don't make sure that you know the the the, the soil gets uh, fertilized and you put time and effort into making sure it's going to grow something, right. all of a sudden you know you're 10, 15 years down the road and there's nothing left. You can't grow anything analogy. out of it. So what are we going to do with 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 short track racing? What are we going to do with with motorsports in general? If if all of us are just take 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 take, it's going to work out awesome. While while there's still something to take, right. but then all of a sudden we'll wake up one day and realize that, hmm, now what are we going to do? Because there's nothing left. So, as people of the sport, um, and I'm just you know one small speck of it, and I, and I actually look up to other people that are in sure. in higher positions than even than than us and um, here in the room, yep. and then Howie too. We look we look up to them, and and um, I would say that. Sometimes they may need to step up and make some big moves to try to to try to help the whole industry, especially That's if they've I, had really successful careers. I love seeing you know Kyle Busch has always had the late model team, and mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick now is starting to you know to to get into the short track stuff. I love seeing that because when those guys take time to go run at some short track somewhere, um, you know that that helps connect uh, the local to the national, and also I think that. Especially if Kevin Harvick's driving for some local guy and not his own deal, um, 
it also has that element of Kevin being on that level for that night. And uh, I just think it's a bunch of fun when you see I I wish more drivers would do it without feeling like they had to be paid $20,000 in order to show up. If I was a NASCAR, I don't, I don't know, this is probably like a pipe dream, but I would I would um, mandate that there, there there's one cup team that has a late model stock or has a couple late model stocks or a couple super late models. Yeah. You know what? We're going to we're going to pick some NASCAR tracks around the country and, you know, you're like Harvick is going to run here one week and in case and um, and Kyle's going to run here one week. You bring the team in. Yep, and it's 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 NASCAR's car or whatever. So I mean, it's going to be competitive equipment. They'll probably go out and win the race, but it's gonna it's gonna be a way for for short track fans to connect with the people they're watching on Sunday. It's also kind of like Matt Kenseth when he raced that Super. Yeah, and I mean that that was pretty awesome for him to show up. Fans love that. Yeah, they really do love right. it. Right. Yeah, but see, I like it better when you show up and run some local guy's car because then number one, the perception's not there that well, you know, this is way better than what's here but the other thing is it connects you to the local guy well it's kind of like the denny hamlin short track showdown sure i mean he yep. he ran at south side he ran at langley you yep. know south boston and all, all the tracks that I've, I've raced at and um so he he really did a good job because like the last race that he did it was at was with nelson motorsports yeah and i mean he, he did an awesome job and he won the race with the local guy stuff it's just fun to to think about all of that. And, and, and again, back in the day, you used to see a lot more of it. And I do agree with, with your point that we need to get back to that again, because uh, I, I think the connection from the local tracks to, to NASCAR has been lost. And I do think NASCAR sees that. It's just how, in this day and age, how do we kind of get back to, um, you know, you're obviously not going to turn back the clock and start you know, going and getting Monte Carlo's out of the junkyard or whatever, but you got to have a way somehow to, to connect those things. So I love seeing that drivers like Harvick and Kyle and those guys are conscious of that. And they're actually starting to give up their time to go do it. I think that's fun stuff. Um, okay. Speaking along those lines, Howie watching NASCAR as you did, who did you look up to? Was there a driver? And if so, um, why did you look up to them? I looked up to Dale Jr. somewhat because, I, I don't know, I, I mainly look up to Austin because Austin kind of took me under his wing right now, and, and he's really he's maybe the race car driver that I am. He's the one who's really giving me the shot to be where I'm at right now. And so that he's the main one that I really look up to. But back when I was younger, I liked Dale Jr. That was my question. Yeah, back yeah. When, I, yeah, when I was younger, I liked Dale Jr. just because he has uh, you know, the name. <laughs> and he, okay. he was a great driver too. So I, I really look, looked up to him, but, I mean, He's a, he was just a good around, good guy. What have you learned now that you've had a taste of kind of the inside of the, the sport at the ARCA level or, you know, truck level, whatever? What have you learned that you can kind of look back and say, wow, when I was younger, I had no idea that this was all a part of. Because all you do is see it on TV on Sundays or maybe you go to Richmond and watch it in person. But. What have you learned about the the sport itself that you can kind of look back and go, wow, I just had no idea that, that this was. Well, even the, the behind the scenes at late miles at the short tracks, people really take this really serious. And uh, and they work on their cars very, very hard, and they take pride in that. that that's one thing I really, really learned was that, is that everyone's very, very prideful of what their car can do. It's a great lesson. Um, how much time do you spend actually focusing on the cars and learning about how, how they work? I focus every single time I'm at the track. 
Uh, I ask questions and I get them to explain to me what adjustments they're making so that I, I, so that next time I can say, hey, I remember this one adjustment that you made. Why don't we try that again? And then Austin teaches me stuff. Even when we're on, on, on the phone, he'll he'll say something to me and I'm like, well, what's that? And then he'll he'll explain to me what he means. So I, I learn a lot from Austin as well. You got a great mentor for sure. Okay, we're going to step aside. More of We Lap Radio still to come. So stick around. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Olero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Well, now... That was perfect timing because it gives me an opportunity to go ahead and just let you know 
that uh, Spencer Boyd will be our guest in studio on Thursday for Motorsports Madness. Is he going to let us know what his season holds? Well, I mean, we haven't heard anything yet. It, just announced. it, it was just announced today. Did it? That's I didn't why see that. he's on the okay, show. Okay, well, Thursday. I missed that. What's he doing? Back with uh, Young's Motorsports right, with well, Tyler I Young. I missed that one. He's got so. a new sponsor. All right. Well, thanks so, for telling me. I missed that yeah. one, guys. I haven't been on there today. Been, well, we haven't gotten to the news segment yet either because we've been having so much fun with these guys. But my feeling is, is you can go to NASCAR.com and get the news. I'm more yeah. interested in hearing unique stories about uh drivers like these guys so that's kind of we've been we've had some great conversation tonight about um what it's like to try to grow up as a driver in the sport and i think that's um you know it's not talked about enough because so many fans just see the drivers show up in a truck or whatever and well they must have written a check they're just a spoiled little rich kid first of all most of them are not at all spoiled and even the rich ones and second of all, um, you know, it, it still requires a lot of work. Um, okay, so uh, your first race is when, Howie, and where and in what type of vehicle? My first race is going to be March 6th at Phoenix in Arca Car. Okay, so you're going to start in the Arca Car. And you said which races now you're going to run in the Arca Car? Uh, Phoenix and Pocono. Okay, so you're only running two ARCA starts, and you said four in the truck? Yes, four in the truck. And tell us one more time, for those who weren't listening earlier, what four in the truck? Uh, Richmond, Iowa, Gateway, and Kentucky. There's, I love Kentucky. Yeah, that's going to be a fun I track. love Kentucky. <laughs> I, I mean, I just think Kentucky is, I think it's a cool track. I think it's a challenging track. And a lot of drivers don't care for it, but I just think there's some great racing there in Iowa. I mean, and feel free to jump in, Austin. But Iowa to me is like if I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna build a racetrack, I want the plans for that track because there's like four or five different grooves that you can run. It's, yeah, it's an awesome track, and that's the reason that we were gonna take Howie there was because he was gonna get an opportunity to make his debut in front of the home hometown crowd with sure. a bunch of excited sponsors, and then go to a go to a track like Iowa, which races like a mile and a half, but it's a short track. There's, there's so many grooves. Um, it's wore out. It's rough. So it's it's going to be challenging in that from that standpoint. Uh, you're always searching for grip. But, um, you know, fans love it. Drivers love it. Rarely do you ask a driver if they don't like Iowa. Yeah. And I've never anxious had to see, one on the show. Anxious to see like how, how his experience is, but I, I think he'll like it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so with the truck – what are you anticipating being the biggest challenge in going from the ARCA car to the truck? Probably just the body style and the aero. That, that's probably what I'm really going to struggle with is you're going from a car to a, a truck body. That, that, I think that that's really what I'm going to struggle with the most. Sorry, I thought James was going to jump in there. <laughs> he got close to the mic. I thought. No, I was, I was just ex- making sure my mic was turned off. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I would imagine it's a, it's a bit of a different uh, – uh, a bit of a different driving style that's required. Uh, they say that the uh, the trucks have way more uh, side force, I guess. Is yeah. that what, how I want to word that? Yeah, yeah. It's something that um, definitely takes a bit of a learning curve to, to, to figure out. Some some drivers figure it out you know, sooner than others. Yeah. Having, having a good spotter, having a good crew chief, obviously. Um, you can talk to a few drivers beforehand, and they can give you an idea. It almost feels like... Uh, how we mentioned it, uh, kind of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, every race car has that aspect. In order to be fast, you have to be uncomfortable. But with trucks, it's almost weird. It, 
you have a sense of security, but you you know that it's just there and it's just air, <laughs> because um, because you, you know the way that the right side is is so so far angled, it 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 basically pushes you it pushes the right rear back into the racetrack and uh, keeps you from getting loose. But when you're under somebody or when you're passing somebody, that's that's where I um, I had some learning experiences. I'm sure Howie's going to. Anytime you're trying to pass somebody in a truck at a mile and a half or, or even a mile track, you've got to be very cautious about keeping air on that right side because it's so critical uh, just to keep keeping the truck stable. And at the same time, a lot of the things that people don't see on TV that helps uh, while driving the truck are those uh, Romeo windows you guys got back there in the back of the truck that come down from the back window to the truck bed that create side force as well, kind of like that shark fin on the cup cars that goes from the window down into the deck lid can't really see them too well on tv but mm-hmm. yeah that helps you guys as well yeah and, and it's the decision sometimes uh the driver or the crew chief have to make um do you want to be fast by yourself or do you want to be fast in traffic yeah, yeah. because we can make it fast by yourself you know romeo windows and ride heights and stuff like that but if but if you get um you know tossed back in traffic or have a slow pit stop all of a sudden you're in dirty air and you can go from having the fastest truck to one that's way out of control yeah. so you gotta you gotta find that balance, but you got a guy like Kyle Busch that comes in running a race. You probably could put Kyle in anything that's unbalanced, even even in a truck, and and um, he'll he'll find a way to, to to get to the front. He always does, but that's where the experience comes in. Kyle's just so good at adapting. Where guys like us uh, that have less experience, you know, it's a little bit more important for us to have the have the truck right. Yeah, I feel like Kyle is a driver who. Um, not only is he very versatile as as a driver, but I think Kyle knows every part on those vehicles and knows exactly how they're put together. And I think because of the experience he's had and because he's obviously paid attention, he knows what he wants in a certain situation where maybe, you know, some of the other guys don't, right? So critical. Uh, yeah. We- I mention it to Howie a lot as far as knowing what you, knowing what you want to feel. Yep. And... Um, and what's going to be a challenge, and it, and it was for all of us, is going to a track in a, in, a, in a new vehicle for the first time, how do you know what to feel? You right. don't. So yeah. you have to experience it. You have to make mistakes. You have to get loose. You have to get tight. You have to you know, get in traffic and, 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 and have a hard time hitting your marks so that you can learn what to feel. And once you do that over, over the course of a, couple, uh, you know, a few races, um, it gets easier. So. That's that's probably one of the one of the learning curves that Howie's going to have to go through is just figuring out okay what do I have to feel to be fast. Have you had time to kind of process all this, Howie? I mean, uh, it, obviously you're not running eighty or ninety races, but still there's a lot going on. Have you have you had time there? Have you taken time to really kind of stop and think about? Wow, I'm 18 years old and I'm about to race a truck. I've had a lot of time to think about it for sure. Um, I'm, I'm very blessed to, to be able to race a truck um but i really just feel like uh i'm just focused on this race season more than anything else because if i take too much time i'll probably overthink about it and and then make mistakes so i'm just really focused on racing this season okay so before we uh get any farther and get to a point where we run out of time let's talk about your partners that are on board with you helping you make this happen who are they so i got keys travel a buds heating and air Mass Mutual, Alcova Mortgage, uh, Q's Barbecue. I got all sorts of people just backing me up. Now, how many of those are sponsors that you've kind of cultivated versus necessarily maybe PMG or someone else for you? 
I've uh, I've helped with quite a few of them. Uh, with, with my dad and also John, the my PR guy. Yep. Um, and, and we kind of all did it together. That's awesome. That's the way it should be. You know, I think it's important because again, you know, you're a driver. Um, somebody like myself or even you as PMG or whatever, we can help and we can be a part of it. We can teach you. We can kind of guide you along, but you're the brand they're buying, not us. Exactly. And uh, you probably get people that reach out or ask questions. The biggest question or at least the most common question that, that I get asked even before I was a part of PMG was how do I find sponsorship? Oh, yeah. Every and, day. You know, we could have a whole segment on that, but we don't want to. The point being especially if you haven't made it to cup yet or you don't have this this very big name the sponsors that that you need to be going after are your local companies the small regional companies the companies that that emerging yeah companies. Um, emerging companies yep. um and it's not that you're not going to be successful going after the the big companies but you just have to be realistic and whether you're racing a bando or a legend car or you, or a late model um, be realistic with what you can provide for services because because at the end of the day, it's an exchange for money and services. If you're presenting an opportunity for somebody and you're saying, hey, uh, why don't you buy me a set of tires at the next race? Unless, that, unless I'm your buddy, what value proposition did you just give me? Right. A set of tires yes, for some money. Exactly. The right way to do that would have been to say, um, here's what it's going to cost for you to get this much exposure at such and such race. Right. Basically, you're saying the same thing, but you're going about it different ways. And that's, uh, I just wanted to say that because Howie and his folks do a very good job building relationships with those local companies. That the, That's the two magic words right there, building relationships. Exactly. You know, you start, you, you may start as friends and then eventually it, it, it morphs into something more. But also I feel like, and, and again, feel free to, to disagree, um, but I feel like it's important, don't don't go out of character. In other words, if, if you're not an outdoorsy person who hunts Bass Pro Shops is probably not your 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 best option um, it, because you've got to be able to passionately sell the message that that company has. And so if you're if that's not who you are, you probably ought to be. Again, that's why I think it's so important to know yourself and know, you know, know what type of person you are and what matters to you. Um and, you know, I think it's it's interesting that you've been able to get yourself to this point, Howie, so quickly, which tells me that that what you're you're saying and what you're talking about with these folks is probably pretty close to on target because you've got them ready to help you go to a truck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the biggest thing is just building that relationship, like Austin said, and, uh, and getting them to to realize that what, what we can also do for them with the exposure and, and all that. So uh, it's definitely been a big journey of mine to, to go and, and go to these uh, sponsor meetings and, and just talk to them. How do we uh, follow you if, as a fan, where do we find you on social? Tell me about all of that in about 30 seconds. Uh, you can find me on Twitter for uh, HD Racing. On Facebook, you can find us on HD3 Racing or Howie Savino Racing. And on Instagram, you can find me on Howie Savino. And that, uh, with that, we will step aside. We will be back to wrap things up with these guys tonight and the program in general. We're going to throw the checkered flag when we come back on Lead Lap Radio. Stay with us. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Final segment of We Lap Radio for this evening. Uh, wow, I can't believe my voice has made it this long. Uh, it's it's uh, when you when you're screaming for two days, announcing go kart races, and you come back and try to do a show. Uh, it doesn't always work so well, but uh, happy to. Happy to be with you tonight, and uh, thank you all. If you've stuck with us the whole time, I'm sure it was because of the guests. So thank you for putting up with uh, this voice for a couple of hours. Howie DiSavino is is here with us in Austin, Ontario. Howie is going to run for Wintron Racing. Four truck starts and two ARCA starts this year. Uh, And I want to know what track you are most looking forward to in either vehicle. Richard, for sure. That's just my hometown track, and I have all my fans that will come out. Does that put more pressure on you? Oh, yeah, it really does. But uh, it'll still be great because I, I know most of my fans, and, and it'll be just, it'll just be great to be able to race in front of them. So it's not going to affect you negatively because, I mean, a lot of people get nervous in a situation like that, knowing that you know their family and friends are watching. That's not going to bother you at all? 
Oh, it might bother me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you had that experience uh, a number of times because you you go on a racing at home. It's uh, it's hard sometimes when you know everybody's watching. It's it's easier to go halfway across the country where nobody's there with you. It's also uh, it takes it takes a lot of time, especially. I made my my cup debut last year at Loudon. Yes, you did. And you know between different sponsor engagements and requirements and interviews and stuff like that. Um, at the end of the day, you just want to get in the car and race, but behind the scenes is what it takes. And that's in order for, for us to do what we do, we have to, we have to do that. So how he's about ready to go to Richmond, he's probably going to spend a lot of his time, you know, meeting with, with sponsors and fans and people that have followed him over the years. And it's going to be an exciting opportunity, but, um, it's kind of what we were discussing at dinner, being able to turn that switch when, when it comes time, yeah. you put your helmet on, it's time to go race. But when you're not driving, you have to, you know, obviously in a, um, be be in a position where you can talk to people, get interviews, and um, it's going to be exciting for them. Well, it's uh, it should be a lot of fun, I'm sure, uh, and it's cool to be able to race in front of the uh, the hometown crowd. What do you like to do when you're not racing? When I'm not racing, I like to get on i racing and just and just simulate, you know, the, the tracks I'll be going to, and then I'll work out. Okay. And then work on the farm a little bit or whatever. <laughs> so what hobbies do you have? Any? Oh. oh, hunting and fishing. Well, there you go. See? T- tell Bass them. Pro Shops, you're listening. <laughs> tell them how early you wake up in the morning. I'll wake up at 425. Yeah. Oh, wait. The gym. The bathroom, then you go to the gym. But sorry, I, I made a mistake there. Four, so you wake up when? At 425 a.m. 425 a.m. Yeah, because you're a farmer. I just grew up. That's like that. <laughs> why I have so much respect for farmers. I mean, you know, it's it's. I remember, I was just telling this story earlier on the way back, actually, to to somebody that, that I rode with up and back to to do the race. Um, it when we were talking about Super Bowl commercials, and there are a couple of good commercials last last night. I thought, but there hasn't been a commercial that has affected me in the last couple of years. The, the the last time a commercial really got me was the God Made a Farmer commercial. I don't know if you remember that one. You probably do. It was a Dodge Ram. It was Paul Harvey um, reciting the, um, you know, all of the reasons why God Made a Farmer. If you haven't seen it, just go to YouTube, type in God Made a Farmer. And I promise you, because you, you are a farmer, it will it you'll the the eyes will start watering. You got, you got emotional? Yeah, I still do because I I have friends because who it's are true. farmers and I understand the sacrifice and all that they go through. Um, and it, and it's just and again, Paul Harvey could he could have read the phone book and it would have been dramatic. He was <laughs> he was one of the greatest radio orators ever. Uh, but yeah, if you if you go watch that, you'll understand why. Um, I mean, we were playing. There were a bunch of us in the room with a pool table, playing pool, watching the Super Bowl. That commercial came on. Everybody stopped, like it just grabbed you, and everybody watched it. Like the way you could hurt up and drop. So, <clears throat> um, what what kind of when you're on the farm, what are you doing? Oh, uh, when I'm on the farm, I usually just like I I, I usually just like take a break and go fishing. I cut grass. Uh, we have a lot of grass. Well, that's oh, what I'm saying. Lot, what responsibilities or what? type of farming do you do uh, you do well we we do mainly like uh agriculture okay so i got so some I, my. I, do you ride like the, do you are you on the big tractors and all of that or yeah, yeah i'm on okay. i'm on tractors that's yeah that's what i was yeah I, I like driving tractors i go fast and slow 
<laughs> not at the same time, right? Oh no! But you had animals at one time. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a bunch of animals. We had uh, we had goats, sheep, chickens, turkeys. They say chicken. Oh wow, you had turkey. I was about to say they say chickens are very messy, uh, but turkeys are worse. You had both. Oh yeah, the turkeys are worse. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have to kill them, and then, and then it's worse. Than yeah, that. See, that, that, none, that that's the part. It's like I'll, I'll eat. I can't shoot. I could never do that. That just doesn't isn't uh, for me. That's that. I just could not do that. That's why I, I could never hunt. I love venison, but I could never shoot the deer. You know, I have too much compassion for animals to do that. But I, I that's I think it's a great background because you learn work ethic right from from yeah. the time you're old enough to remember you there are, there's nobody who works harder than a farmer works more hours um so i think uh you've had a great upbringing and i'm looking forward to seeing what uh 2020 holds for you howie and i appreciate the fact that you would take an entire day basically out of your schedule to drive four hours and come down and show up and, and do the show with us we are really excited about that looking forward to having you back if you want to come back well, thank you for having me, and I'll for sure want to come back. Absolutely. And certainly, uh, Austin, we appreciate uh, you sitting in, and, and uh, I love the work you're doing with PMG, and I, I think it's uh, it's great that you're wanting to give back, and, and it's obviously you've, you're having success there. Um, and I know that you also uh, are still trying to race. Is there anything that's in the works? That- yeah, there, there's some things in the works. Good. Um, Last year was a good year for me. Built a lot of great relationships. You, you were talking about sponsorship. I've, I've, uh, to be able to work with um, a company like Bangor Savings Bank, um, it's been an honor. You, you know, like I said, we can go on and on, but just having that good, cohesive relationship with your sponsor that you can represent. You sure. guys have the same values, similar to what Howie's encountering right now. Um, there's some things in the works, and I also appreciate Howie being able to come on and uh, and us yes. come on together. It's uh, it was a great night. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, it's great to, you know, we we like to just sit down and have conversation. And wherever it goes, it goes. You know, sometimes I'll come in with two pages full of notes and you you start down a path and the notes are gone. And that's, to me, that's the best kind of radio and the best kind of uh, discussion to have. And, you know, certainly it's been fun having the both of you uh, on. We've got a little bit of news that we can talk about before we wrap up here. I, I'd much rather spend the time talking to guests than talking about news you can find everywhere. But uh, happy to see that Spencer Boyd uh, has has found uh, some a place and, and is back in the truck series with Tyler Young after uh, the announcement this past week um, that um, Tyler... And now he's got uh, he's got a full time driver that I think in Tate Fogelman has a lot of potential, uh, and I'm happy to see that and glad to see Spencer's back as well with a new sponsor. We're going to talk to him on Thursday, uh, but also if you have not heard this on the IndyCar side of things, I was shocked that Honda Japan blocked the uh, combination of Andretti Autosport and uh, to me a world-class champion in Fernando Alonso from uh, running the Indy 500 together this year. So it looks like now if we're going to get, uh, if we're going to get Fernando in the 500, it's going to be in a Chevy. Um, don't know where, but boy, if I'm Chip Ganassi or basically almost anybody in the Chevy camp, I want this guy driving my car. Uh, and so now it's looking like uh, we could see, uh, James Hinchcliffe, perhaps, in the Andretti car for Indy. So a couple of pretty big news stories to uh, 
That's just the most recent news. But we'll uh, be back tomorrow morning uh, for the Inside Pass at 11 Eastern. Randy Miller and I will co-host that show. And uh, we always have a great time with that. And we'll also be back here on Thursday at 7 Eastern for Motorsports Madness, presented by MyComputerCareer.edu. And Spencer Boyd will be joining us in studio, Jacob Seelman and Randy and I all together. And I will spend the rest of the evening trying to somehow find my voice uh, wherever it went. And we'll be, uh, we'll be back in, a, in a, a short order here as we continue with more of race chaser radio programming also one more time i want to remind you that the website uh close to being done once we're done with racechaseronline.com you will be able to find all of our programming in one place we'll keep you up to date when that's going to happen austin thanks for your time we really appreciate you coming in tonight and howie again thank you very much for taking the time to uh, drive down here be a part of the show And so for all of the folks at WSIC and for strutmasters.com and mycomputercareer.edu who help make all of our programming happen here on Race Chaser Radio, we appreciate you being with us and we are really looking forward to what's to come over the next few weeks as we count down to the Daytona 500. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. See ya! You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.